In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, you who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of all that is good, Master of life, come dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Spirit, Amen. Well, we're going to go on in our study of the letter to the Romans. And we're on the part now, uh, freedom. And so we've looked in chapter 5 at freedom from death. Now we're in freedom from sin. Now you can spell sin with a capital S, as I think I pointed out before. It's a force. Behind that force is Satan. But it's the world. And as just looking at Western civilization, as it has gotten more and more atheistic uh, by suppressing the truth, which if you remember, we looked at when we were doing chapter one, Paul talks about that. The result of that is all the lack of relationship between human beings and uh, an inability to understand the meaning of a same-sex attraction and to interpret that the wrong way because there's no loving God around. And uh, and those who have changed that orientation are 90 more percent are those who have discovered the love of the Father, which is suppressed by our culture. Anyway, we're going to start looking now at Romans continue. We did 6, 1 to 11, which is sort of the uh, intro. Now I'm going to uh, work with this. And as I do it, I'm going to be quoting some material that I have here, some biblical text and else other things. Okay, let not sin, with a capital S, that whole complex of forces, societal, military, um, governmental, uh, electronic, whatever, let not sin then continue to reign in your death-directed bodies. That's uh, the way I translate that line. Into thnito imon somati. Death-directed body. So as to obey its desires. And stop presenting your members to sin as weapons of injustice. Rather, present yourselves to God, implied, having been brought, it's not in the text, having been to God as alive from the dead and your members as weapons of justice to God. For sin will not be Lord over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. It's not just you know what to do, you have the inner principle to enable you to do it through the blood of Christ. And so that's what he's talking about. Um, And now he's going to start talking about that. What then? Let us sin because we are not under law but under grace? Of course not. Don't you know that the one to whom you present yourselves as slaves for obedience, that you are slaves of the one you obey, whether slaves of sin for death or slave of obedience for justice? Now, I wanted to talk about those, giving you some quotes. Uh, Some of these we may have looked at last time, but I have many, and they're very important. In the Bible... In the New Testament, 
The idea of dying to sin is very important. Uh, for This is Galatians 2. For through the law I died to the law that I might live to God. The life I now live in the flesh, I live in faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and handed himself over for me. That conviction, you see, is the root of our turning to the power of the cross to overcome sinful drives. Uh, then later on in Galatians, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh. It's dead with his passions and desires or on the way to being dead. Another, Galatians is a place where he confronts this a lot. As for me, may it never be that I boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world is crucified to me and I to the world. You see this same energy, okay? Um, now here's a powerful one. The love of Christ, this is 2 Corinthians 5, the love of Christ constrains us concluding to this, because one died, so all died. And one died for all, that the living might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised. That's a powerful text. What is what is the metaphysics behind that? When he says, um, uh, one died, all died. Huh? Because he's so joined to us. In baptism, as I've already said, I've given you some texts. One I think I quoted last time, Ernst Kieselman. The cross is actualized in the act of baptism. That's the enormity of baptism. That we dead to Christ. We can be this big, you see, and uh, be quit of that force. Now, this is why the priest says always to the parents, are you going to bring this child up the right way? To implement the gift that's been giving to, given to him or her right now? Which is a whole new life, you see? Uh, and so, I'm just going to read a few other texts. This is from a a homily, probably 5th century. It was attributed to John Chrysostom, but it's not Chrysostom. So all we can call it is pseudo-Chrysostom. We don't know who wrote it. The knowledge that Christ is the Passover Lamb, who was sacrificed for us, should make us regard the moment of his immolation as the beginning of our lives. The moment of his immolation is the beginning of our lives. As far as we are concerned, this is the part where the notion of awareness comes in, how important this is. As far as we are concerned, Christ's immolation on our behalf takes place when we become aware of this grace. And in modern parlance, uh, that's what's called baptism in the Holy Spirit. When the Pope says, as he did, uh, Benedict, the whole church must be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he explains what he meant, and what he meant was exactly this, as he said, that we become aware of what we were given in baptism and confirmation. Now here you have this whole uh, early, probably 5th, 4th, 5th century fellow saying the same thing. Huh? Um, become aware of this grace, and we understand the life conferred on us by this sacrifice. Having once understood it, do you understand the role of the mind, how important it is? Once again... Once understood it, we should enter upon this new life with all eagerness and never return to the old one, which is now at an end. As Scripture says, we have died to sin, how then can we continue to live in it? Which is exactly what we just read, right? Uh, 
How can we go on living in sin? Well, because we're stupid and weak. And so this whole treatise of chapter 6 is, where does your strength come from? It comes from the indwelling Christ, who lives in us, fixed in the act of love in which he died. That's as Paul says, the death he died, he died to sin. He didn't die to sinning, he never sinned. But he dies to this whole complex, which is so weighing down. I mean, if you watch, if you go watching the TV and watch two or three news programs in a row, you're depressed. Depressed, not only because everything's going wrong, but because there's a force. You can feel it. Weighing. And as we turn from God, this force gets greater. And that's our problem right now. And that's the call of the church and why the Lord is renewing the church. And so, uh, this is Aquinas now. This old man of mine, of ours, is said to be crucified together with Christ insofar as the aforementioned oldness, that is, the stain of our actual sins and our custom of sinning, or even the urge to sin coming from the sin of our first parents, all of that is what he means by our, our oldness, is removed, removed by the power of Christ. Our problem is we, we want it around just in case. We don't want it to just be dead to it. That's what drove the saints. Lord, I don't want any sin around me. I'm so sick of it. I turn from you. I offend you. I offend others. I'm sick of it. I don't want any more of that. And that, you see, is what is known as consciousness, awareness of grace, you see. That's the gift. The gift that the Lord wants to give to the church now. Because we're, we're talking about the new evangelization, right? What's step one in the evangelization? Evangelize the Catholics. So that they come to a living, conscious awareness of this power. That's all. Now here's another one from Aquinas. Um, Through Christ's passion, however, we are delivered not only from the sin of the entire human race, both as regards the sin and the debt of punishment, but also from our own sins, provided we share in his passion by faith, love, and the sacrament of faith which is baptism. How powerful this is. We do right to uh, baptize infants. It sets them off, but we do wrong not to mention it again, to remind people what's been given to them. This is now a couple of more texts from Aquinas uh, because it's important. Grace was in Christ, not simply as in an individual man, but as in the head of the whole church, to whom we are all united as members to the head, forming as he uses this phrase a lot, forming one mystical person, una persona mystica. And where, so he said before, you know, as one died, all died, that's why. The head and the members form, as it were, one single mystical person. That's a phrase he uses a lot. He gets it from Aquinas, okay? Now, what I want to do is start looking at um, this notion, you see. It's absolutely necessary that in one way or another, this grace become conscious. We just can't, oh yeah, I was baptized, and I know I should try harder. No, it's awareness of the living Christ. You see, that's what it means, that the grace be actualized. So, I want to look at that, and uh, this process a bit, okay? Um, coming into consciousness of the power of grace was the normal fruit 
of the threefold process described in 2 Corinthians 2.21. That text talks this way. You see, coming into the consciousness of the power of grace was that normal process. The one who makes both us and you firm in Christ has anointed us, he has sealed us, and given us the pledge of the Spirit. I've already quoted this text to you before. Somebody asked St. Mark the Hermit, well, how do you know the Holy Spirit's in you? He said, like a woman knows she's pregnant. You feel the life. Do you see the importance of consciousness? And so, and that's what the Pope said, why the Pope said the whole Church has to be baptized in the Spirit, that is, become aware, conscious. And that's the, because then we have a, a recourse inside of us to, to yield to our Lord dwelling in us through baptism, you see? Um, in this process, the anointing means the action of God arousing faith in the hearts of those who hear the word. This sealing refers to God's action at baptism, and the giving of the Spirit refers to the experiential concomitant of that action. I'm going to be pushing experience a lot in this particular session, because it's not normal, and it should be. The reason why the Lord stored up what the Pope now says the whole Church needs, baptism in the Spirit, sometimes with drama, people's lives turned around, singing and dancing out of nowhere, conscious, so that we can lean on the Lord. You see? Um, Now, so I'm going to talk about it as baptism in the Holy Spirit, as the Pope does. It's not for a little group of people in a holiness club, you know. It's for the whole church. I will do that just as we finish now.